Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. You know, it's probably good this is radio that you don't see certain things happening in the background as uh, we got the theme song going. Ben Holson, who has been graciously at the controls this week as I fill in for Carmen here on Mornings with Carmen. Not only is the music playing, he's conducting it like he was an orchestra, you know, orchestra conductor. It's, it's really kind of cool. You know, we're goofy. It's, it's been a week and it's Friday. And we're just ready for the weekend. I'm Paul again. And hey, again, continue to be in prayer. I mentioned just a few moments ago, the situation in Maui still needs our prayer and our support. And remember the church is ministering in that situation. Uh, hopefully churches are rising this morning in places like Southern Michigan and, and Ohio, where nearly Well, actually, over half a million homes and businesses are without power this morning due to severe thunderstorms that slammed the region. Storms uh, charged across southern Michigan and Ohio after midnight, packing wind gusts of 80 miles an hour and inch and a half hail. So, yeah, pray for them. Pray also for our country as, again, we continue through... What's been going on? Former President Donald Trump surrendering to authorities in Georgia yesterday after being indicted for his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. The former president was released on a $200,000 bond from the Fulton County Jail. As we get ready for the weekend, we're talking about not just any weekend, final weekend of August. It is also the first weekend of the NCAA football season. Yes. For those of you who really like, I'm more of a pro guy, but I, okay, I do follow the NDSU Bison because I love the Bison. I spent some time up in Fargo and fell in love with them. Of course, the top narrative this year will be top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Will they win a third straight title? They're led by a new quarterback, uh, Carson Beck. Other top, well, the rest of the top five rounded out by Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU. Now, this season is marking a transition of eras in the sport with some seismic shifts in conference alignment coming up and a new postseason format next year. Saw this study, and this is interesting as we think about our kids. Um, Kids who are sedentary, who could be at higher risk for heart disease later in life. That, according to research being presented this week at a European Society of Cardiology event in Amsterdam, it says that children, uh, childhood inactivity could be linked to an increase in the mass of the heart's left ventricle, especially, especially in girls. The study led the author to say uh, the enlarged heart is a sign that the heart is overworked in response to stress situations. You're kind of going, wait a minute, sedentary stress? Yeah, because what are kids doing when they're not moving? They're playing video games or they're and oftentimes or they're, you know, they're on their on their cell phones watching videos and such. What can we do to help our kids to not just be less sedentary, but also more wisely consume the video games and and the social media and such? We're going to talk to Adam Holtz about that because, after all, that's what he and his team at Plugged In help us do, to look at the entertainment world and the social world and 
help our help us as parents and grandparents navigate that with our kids better. Adam's next here on Faith Radio. So, do your kids have TikTok brain? <laughs> I'm Paul filling in for Carmen. One more day here on Faith Radio. She'll be back in on Monday on Mornings with Carmen. Joining me now, Adam Holtz from Plugged In as we look at entertainment. And, well, entertainment is a pretty broad thing these days, Adam. I mean, not just TV, not just movies. It's everywhere because of our phones and such. It is everywhere. I mean, it is the issue that we all grapple with. And <clears throat> you mentioned TikTok brain. You might wonder what that is. And yeah, and I was going to ask you, that, what is TikTok brain? If I were TikTok brain, what would I be? Well, <laughs> you would be a brain that has become conditioned to um, to quick hits, to short form uh, videos that have an immediate payoff. You know, I was thinking the other day, in some ways, we got an early glimpse of what essentially TikTok is when America's Funniest Home Videos started, what, in the mid-1980s? Something like that, um, yeah. You know, that was a precursor, ironically, or, or you know, I don't know, pick your adverb, um, interestingly, to where we're at now, which is this place where we have these video platforms that serve up you know, an endless stream of, of videos, many of which are not more than 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, when you get past a minute, uh, you're actually in pretty rare air in terms of what TikTok serves up. And <clears throat> you don't have to be an expert in brain neuroscience to, to just sort of figure out by common sense if, you know, it's sort of like eating junk food all the time. It might taste good. But, you know, you're going to get a tummy ache and, and TikTok brain is sort of like a brain ache. I'm speaking metaphorically. Your brain doesn't have doesn't have pain receptors, so it doesn't actually hurt. Um, your brain gets conditioned to wanting that short hit of, uh, you know, of, of dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter that releases when we have something pleasurable. And so it's interesting. You know, I'll tell you where I see it. When you go back and watch older movies. Mm -hmm. They have scenes where the camera is not moving as much and the scenes are much longer. Yeah. Or even just, you know, forget about TikTok. Watch a commercial today and start counting for every time there is a cut on the screen to a different image, a different idea. You will rarely go more than a second. So even a 30-second commercial might have 15 or 20 or 30 different images they come at us so fast paul so everything about our culture is conditioning our brains to want constant stimulation um and so not surprisingly kids but this is not just a kid issue uh adults as well um our attention spans have been obliterated yeah and we've been talking about attention span problems practically my entire life i remember there were conversations about whether television was hurting our attention spans back in the 1980s. Uh, man, we're way, way, way past that now. Um, <laughs> well, and, yeah. And, I, I was looking at a, <clears throat> I was looking at a um, article talking about the average human attention span right now. 8.25. Smaller than a goldfish. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 8.25 yeah. seconds. A goldfish is nine-second attention span. We can't even pay attention as long as a goldfish. 
Not even as long as a goldfish. Oh, not and, good. Not um, good. Um, but again, as we're looking at that, I, I also thought about, okay, you look at the average action movie. I mean, right. how many quick scenes flash changed? It, it's so frenetic. It's so fast. So we went back and watched recently. This is just a little personal thing. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which came out. One of my favorites. 82 or 83. Yeah, something like that. 82 or 83. Um, I was really, really, really surprised how slow it seems. Because it's one of my favorite movies from the 80s. And I think of it as an action movie. And there are these huge, long, talky scenes where the camera doesn't move. And I'm like, wow, we have come a long way, even since the 1980s, in terms of the style of storytelling visually is so fast and so frenetic. And and I think, so what do we do about it? I think we have to realize um, that when we try to make a change it's jarring to our brains that have become accustomed to that. And we have to wait it out. And Yola, I think, appreciate this metaphor being in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. I grew up going fishing in Canada. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're in a boat uh, or a boat, sorry, I shouldn't, (laughs) I I won't, I I won't say it that well. Okay. The the Canadians Uh, do. I'm a Minnesotan. We don't say it that way. It's boat. Do you have a boat? eh? Yeah. Catching any fish today? eh? Um, Anyway, when you when you're zipping across the lake and you drop the throttle you get to where you're going to fish what happens well the wake that you have kicked up behind you overtakes the boat and you'll have two or three of those big waves that kind of unsettle the boat a little bit until it settles down and i think that the same thing happens with us when we try to stop there's that momentum that carries over from our decision making and our habits and it can feel unsettling. It kind of tips us back and forth. And the natural response is, oh, I don't like that, and to get right back into it. But we've got to sit. We've got to wait that out, uh, wait for that wake to kind of pass before we can really, I think, appreciate and enjoy the benefits of stillness. You know, um, as we talk about TikTok, and we'll continue doing that after the break here, yes, the duration issue, the way it's affecting attention span is an issue. There's also something about TikTok terminology our kids are picking up on. And there's a story about Jessica Alba, the actress, and how she's engaging, and I think very well in this regard. We can learn from this, how she's engaging her kids to understand TikTok terminology better. So we'll continue this conversation with Adam Holtz from Plugged In as we continue here on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. So maybe you're hanging with your kids or your kids are in your presence there on the phone talking to somebody and they start using these weird phrases you've never heard before. Maybe you've heard this when you're, you know, you're standing in a crowd, some kids walk by and they're just, again, 
these weird phrases. Maybe it's TikTok terminology. And as we talk with Adam Holtz again from Plugged In, um, there was an article that we both saw. This was at The Messenger about Jessica Alba. She was doing an interview and talked about engaging her kids to help them understand what they're talking about. So, Adam, talk, walk us through this one. You know, the, I think the core issue here has to do with helping our kids get to discernment. And yeah. even though I think that we can think our kids know better, they tend to receive what they see online at face value. They are not necessarily thinking critically and deeply. And and Jessica Alba talks about that. She said, our kids have a dialogue around mindfulness and mental health. They articulate certain words. They self-diagnose a lot. There's a lot of chatter about this. <clears throat> we have to not allow a TikTok terminology to make their minds up and diagnose what something is. And then she says, uh, she goes on to say, we always try to say, actually, this is what this means. And this is what this really means. And you can't be completely educated through algorithms on TikTok and Instagram and what your friends are saying. Uh, and so really taking that step back to be proactive, to be engaged, to be intentional <clears throat> with what our kids are, what they're seeing and helping them to ask basic, um, I would say media discernment and not just entertainment, but when it comes to the news, asking them to say, to, you know, questions like, is that plausible? You know, does that mm -hmm. pass your, your common sense smell test? What's the authority for that idea? Who's saying it? Where is that idea coming from? And what might their bias or, you know, their leaning be in a particular area that causes them to want to say that something is true or not? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that we're at this point now where with so many voices and so many people saying what matters is your truth, we have this sort of broken kaleidoscope and, and a broken kaleidoscope is just full of shards, right? Right. Of ideas about what truth is. And so we have to be the ones that are helping our children to use scripture as a plumb line to understand what is true, what's right, what's good uh, in a, in a, a biblical way, not just a culturally, you know, this is what is quote true unquote in the moment. Yeah. And again, this calls for us as parents and grandparents. Okay. Not that we want to spend gobs of time on TikTok and all this, but we, we do have to interact with our kids at a deeper level, I think, as we yes. help them navigate this because, you know, you're right. Kids will pick up something and because of all the flash and pizzazz and everything, it's like, oh, it must be true. No, let's think through right. this. Let's think through this. And that again, this is part of what you you've we've had a couple of things up recently at plugged in. One is your your latest podcast, uh, and especially talking about girls and they're helping them grow up and be wise consumers and such as they engage. But also, you talk about the screen use, social media, because parents are concerned about this, aren't they? So could, maybe you can tie these both in a nice quick bow. Yeah, you know, Paul Lacey wrote a blog this week titled Screen Use, Social Media Are Top Health Concerns for Parents. The interesting thing Paul did was he contrasted what parents are saying now and virtually everything they are concerned with has something to do with screens. Um, but when you look back uh, in like the 1970s and 80s, you know, their concerns were things like my kids are sedentary, uh, my kids are overweight, my kids are smoking, 
Well, smoking, obesity, drug abuse, those barely, you know, don't even hardly show up on the list anymore. Um, You know, although ironically, as we were talking about, uh, that obesity thing is, is an issue now more than ever because of our relationship with our screens. So culturally, the the landscape has really changed and and i think parents intuitively realize that screens are a problem and i think the challenge for us as parents is to go beyond just saying okay too much screen time is bad turn them off right that's the the knee-jerk sort of we're going to change everything we're going to fix it all but i think especially if you have you know teens in their middle teen years on up and i do the challenge becomes how do you help them begin to see getting off their phones as a good thing? And I think that one of the ways that we do that is we say, you know, what could we do with the time that we free up? What are mm-hmm. some goals we can have? What are some things that you really want to give your full attention to? And so painting a really positive and redemptive and creative and fun vision of what life without screens or with fewer screen time hours is like I think that's really important here as well. So again, we have to shepherd them in this area. It, it's, yeah, it, we do. And and we have to shepherd ourselves. You know, it starts with us. It does. And my wife will tell you the same thing because sometimes I just default to looking at my screen and whatever such. And yep. I, I got to challenge myself just as much as anybody else. We have a few moments left. And so let's quickly do as you do at Plugged In. You have different reviews of things. And okay, what is this about biopics lately? I mean, yeah, I know, uh, I know Barbie was the biggest <laughs> film so far this year, but, yeah. you know, we had Oppenheimer come out. Now we have Golda coming out, uh, talking about Golda yeah. My Year, and then also The Hill, which are two that are coming out this weekend. There's also Gran Turismo, which is more of a docudrama, but there's, right. you know, a bio but it's in all, there. It, they're, yeah. they're all based on true stories. So, yeah. um, which one do you pull first? Let's do the hill. Okay. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Golden Golden My Ear and, and the challenges that she faced in Israel. Um, you know, I think that's one. If you're interested in 20th century history, uh, and I am, you can check that one out. <laughs> and I am, yeah, me too. Um, so the hill is um, about Ricky Hill, who was a boy who grew up. Oh, I'm going to get the decade wrong. I want to say in the 1950s or 60s. I need to actually refresh my memory on that earlier. You know, the second you turn it on, you're like, oh, this is an older story. But true story about a boy who grew up um, and he had a degenerative, I think, nerve condition and had to wear braces on his legs. He desperately wanted to play baseball. His dad, uh, who's played by Dennis Quaid, is uh, a Baptist minister. They're very poor. Uh, and he basically tries to dissuade his son from from that dream for obvious reasons. But this is a story about perseverance. It's a story about Ricky Hill's determination to overcome this disability, uh, which he does. And he mm-hmm. goes on to become a really famous hitter. But it's also a story about his relationship with his well-intended but pretty harsh dad. Uh, so if you like sports jesus and dennis quaid uh (laughs) this is the movie you want to see this weekend it's pg christian movie there's a little bit of profanity it gives it a little bit of grit it's not too over the top but uh it's not you know pure as the driven snow we might say so that one that is the hill and it is uh, you gave it pretty high marks it did you know as as some faith-based movies they tend to want to be preachy this one you said let the story just naturally unfold 
Yeah, it is. And if anything, I think it shows the dangers of legalism that the father is is pretty legalistic and he's pretty black and white and pretty strict. Uh, and I think for all of us, as we're raising kids <clears throat> to hopefully embrace our beliefs, it's there's that balance between we're going to set boundaries based on what we know is right and true. Um, and we also want to have that ongoing relationship. And so the relationship, I think, ultimately has to trump the rules. And, and we see sort of that tension here uh, with uh, Dennis Quaid's relationship with uh, the actor who plays uh, young Ricky Hill. All right. Well, there's that. There's Hill. There's Golda. There's Gran Turismo. I also saw that I think it was Paul Lacey did the Star Wars Ahsoka series yeah, that is so coming good. out. Um, yep. There's that there. And also a review for those into video games, Final Fantasy 16. Obviously, it's not that final if there's number well, 16. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the the levels of irony here, at some point <laughs> you just change the franchise name. Yeah, anyway. Uh, and, and it's an M-rated fantasy yeah, video yeah. game. So, but if people, so. want, if people want to figure or read about these, get a review so they can wisely apply them to their families, plugged in. Dot org is where to go. Thanks, Adam, again for joining us. You bet. Thank you, Paul. All right. This is Faith Radio. Okay, growing up as a kid, I loved Legos. Hey, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen one more time. She'll be back Monday. And I'm not talking Lego sets. You know, the Star Wars Millennium Falcon set. No, 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 no. A box of just pure Legos. Building what you want. You know... I never thought about kids not being able to play with Legos. Kids, for example, who are blind. Well, Lego is now selling Braille versions of its toy bricks. The toy makers releasing the Braille bricks. It marks a significant milestone, they say, in the development of more inclusive learning through play experiences. The Braille bl- uh, bricks play with Braille. Set, uh, they'll feature both Braille and printed letters, numbers and symbols on the sides of the bricks. So... Kids can figure out what they're doing. The release is just ahead of the World Blind Awareness uh, Month in October. You know, back when I was in school, I'll tell you, I hated reading, especially when it came to novels. Didn't like reading novels, but you have to take lit class, right? Yeah, I think it was in eighth eighth grade. One of the assignments was Essie Hinton's book, The Outsiders. Maybe you read it. The story of Pony Boy and his fellow greasers who were at odds with the in-group called The Socials. Now, to be honest, I did appreciate reading that book because I felt like an outsider so often. I was a shy, introverted kid, unathletic, nerdy, who smelled of the farm. Yeah, you kind of feel like an outsider. Being an outsider is hard, but in some ways, and I have to agree, it's been a blessing and has given unique opportunities to be a blessing. We're going to explore this a bit more with Alicia Akins, the author of a new book called The Gift of the Outsider, coming up in three minutes here on Faith Radio. Okay, have you looked at the calendar? Today, August 25th, <laughs> four months away and it'll be Christmas. Uh, maybe you're already looking forward to that having the family gatherings and the holidays, all the togetherness to be among those you love, to be on the inside, right? As we celebrate Christmas uh, in the coming month, or months, I should say, really go back and think about the nativity story. Mary and Joseph were outsiders, forced to travel at a very inopportune time in, in Mary's pregnancy 
because the earthly insiders of the day, the Romans, ordered a census. They get to Bethlehem. They can't stay in the extended family quarters, interestingly called the inn. Ironically, you might say, Jesus had to be born in a stable. <laughs> we, cele- we celebrate together at Christmas. We celebrate that togetherness because Jesus, the ultimate insider, second person of the Trinity, come on, became an outsider. And not in one, but in so many ways. And he, you got to admit, he's been a gift to us, the most precious gift. Joining me now here on Faith Radio is Alicia Akins, who, well, as she likes to say, she's at home nowhere and anywhere. She's traveled the world, spent many times uh, living actually in Asia. Right now in uh, the D.C. area, going to Reform Theological Seminary. You can read her writings at feetcrymercy.com, and she joins me now to talk about what Living in the Margins teaches us about faith and the gift of the outsider. Alicia, thank you for joining us here on Faith Radio. Thank you for having me. Good morning. It is so good to have you here. I, I, I When I was reading your book, I'm just kind of, because I felt like an outsider growing up, and I still at times still do, and I'm resonating with what you say. Now, in the next several minutes as we have our conversation, one thing I hope we're not doing is not, you know, celebrating outsideness per se, that is, you know, hey, I'm more of an outsider than you are, then we're not having that contest here. Uh, mm. What I want is an understanding of being one who grows outside the, the, out, the, out, the in-group, outside the norms, how God is, uses that to be a blessing in our own lives and that of others. So as we look at this, I want you, if you can, in chapter one, the first, the first paragraph, read us that because who is the outsider? I want you to paint that picture through that. Sure. <clears throat> Nick speaks with a stutter. Angela uses a wheelchair. Stephen was homeschooled as a child, but now, as an adult, lives in a big city. Marlene is in her 40s and has never married. Buangan is a new international student in the U.S. Dan has recently gotten swept up in replacement theory. Alex is an undocumented immigrant. Jasmine, a Black woman, attends a predominantly white church. Mariela is a first-generation college student. John is a recovering addict. Wayne is the only man who works in his department. The Moors struggle with infertility. Sarah Kate is politically conservative, but moved to Seattle for work. Terry has lived for 30 years in his quickly gentrifying neighborhood, where nearly all his neighbors are recent transplants. Liz and Michael are the only white people on their block in an up-and-coming neighborhood. Stephanie suffers from chronic illness. Maxwell is neurodivergent. What do these people have in common? What do they have in common? Because they seem so different. Yes, and that's kind of the crux of the book, that these people all share a common experience of being on the outside, but the dimension of their being on the outside is different. Um, And I think people don't often think about the ways that their experience of being on the outside, even though that dimension might be different, how that experience can draw them together um, and how it's quite similar feelings of being on the outside, regardless of what the reason you feel on the outside are. Mm -hmm. Now you've been in many ways, almost your entire life, an outsider at at some, you know, at at many points in your life in so many ways. Uh, We, I I, I was reading your, your, your story of, you know, talking about being an outsider. 
we could do that, and it would probably take an hour. But if you can <laughs> crunch it down in a few moments, I mean, what are the key ways? I mean, even growing up. Um, yeah. Um, so I've been an outsider in the sense that um, I have lived, as you said before, um, abroad in Asia, and I am not an Asian American or have or of Asian descent. Um, I am a black person, um, and so uh, being an American and um, being a black person put me on the outside in the different places where I've lived. I've also had interests that um, varied from other people. Um, I've always had an interest in language or certain kinds of music that nobody else shared. Um, in the U.S., I've put myself in situations intentionally and found myself in situations where I was um, the conservative member of the group that I was in that was mostly progressive, um, or I was a, the liberal member of a group that I was in that was mostly conservative, depending on the environment. Um, I have um, also been um, worshiping and learning in predominantly um, white spaces as well. So racially, politically, um, in terms of interests, in terms of national background, um, those are some of the ways that I've been on the outside. Now, you did something, and you just described it there briefly. You chose to be the outsider in situations. I mean, yes. why, why would you do that? Why would you choose to be the outsider? Yeah, I think that, well, in some cases, it's I am not wed to the idea and comfort of being an insider enough to abandon the <laughs> things that I'm interested in. Ah, okay. Um, and so, like, I'm going to do the thing that I'm interested in, even if that's going to put me in a position where I am an outsider. But also being an outsider is a situation where you're constantly learning mm -hmm. um, and where you're constantly able to grow and see yourself in different ways and see other people in different ways. And I find that to be a really rewarding. And then um, there are sometimes ways where when you're an outsider, you can encourage other outsiders. Like after you've been doing the outsider thing or living in that um, space for a while that you're better able to encourage people. And so in some ways, choosing to be an outsider allows me to um, encourage other outsiders and be in their circle um, and have access to them. Um, but also sometimes I feel like it's instructional for people who are on the inside to have an outsider in their midst. Um, there was a time when I chose to be a part of a small group that was the least diverse and most unlike me um, because I wanted them to get to learn from what it was like to worship and pursue God with someone like me. And I wanted to have my own assumptions about insiders in that case challenged and learn what it was like to worship and grow in the Lord alongside them as well. That is interesting because it's kind of Jesus-y. You know, we, we, we like using that term here on Mornings with Carmen, uh, being Jesus-y. And as I mentioned before, Jesus, here he is, the ultimate insider in, in, in you know, second person of the Trinity, part of God, you know, or, well, it's not, you can't see his part. That part's the wrong word. You, you know what I'm getting at. But yeah. here he is, the uh, second person of the Trinity. He chooses to dwell among us. And much of his life, he was kind of that outside element, but he also just had the heart for the outsider. Mm-hmm. And a beautiful heart for the outsider. Okay. Again, we're talking with Alicia Aiken, 
And again, the book is called The Gift of the Outsider. Tell you what, when we come back, Alicia, I want us to look at some of the gifts because you talk of the overall gift, but you break things down into various categories of gifts that I think people need to hear uh, because oftentimes we just, okay, that person's a little, you're walking through the lobby of the church and you see somebody who just looks out of place. Are we going to pursue them and say, welcome, and tell me about yourself? And anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Have you ever wondered where God is when you feel like you need him most? Do you recognize that he's closer than your next breath? Are you confident in that? Do you trust in that? Susie Larson has a brand new book, Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? And we're giving away 100 copies of it this month. So we want you to win yours at MyFaithRadio.com. I want to encourage you right now that there is nothing like living in the fullness of the presence of God moment by moment. No matter what is going on, you can live as a person who is content in the presence of God. God is literally with you always, closer than your next breath. And we want you to experience that. So grab a copy of Closer Than Your Next Breath. You can sign up to win one at MyFaithRadio.com. So do you see the person different from you, the outsider, as a gift to you? Can you be a gift to them? I'm Paul filling in for Carmen. This is Mornings with Carmen, and we're continuing our conversation uh, with Alicia Akins, the author of the book, The Gift of the Outsider. And Alicia, uh, and talking about being the overall gift, if you're an outsider, and I've, again, like you, I've felt that way in many ways, but you ever so much more, you, you break things down into groups of gifts. You talk about the gift of sight, the gift of dependence, the gifts of freedom. And it's interesting because, you, you, okay, you talk about gifts of dependence and yet gifts of freedom. It seems kind of contradictory, but it, it really isn't. And then gifts of suffering. I, I, we don't have time to go through all of these, but I want you to focus in on some of those gifts of sight because oftentimes when we're in the in-group, there's stuff we don't see. Yeah, so uh, the first section of the book is about gifts of sight, as you've said, and um, I think some of the ways that people on the outside are a real benefit to people on the inside and ways that they um, have something that they can bring to the table that sharpen and strengthen the whole church is their ability to see um, and observe uh, maybe somewhat impartially or more clearly um, the insiders and be able to see some of the patterns of health and unhealth and um, to see some of the things that are cultural that people on the inside, it's just a part of the water and they can't see it. And so that's one thing that outsiders bring to the table and ability to catch things that are assumed um, and kind of just at working at a um, unconscious level or subconscious level for insiders. Um, another thing that um, outsiders bring is perspective and that they have um, their own experiences from their backgrounds or whatever element it is that makes them a back, uh, an outsider that they're bringing to the group that's different. They're bringing a, a different voice, a different perspective, a different way of looking at things, um, a different range of imagination um, that is inclusive of experiences 
that are drawn from their background that is different from others. And then one thing that I think is especially important that they bring is an ability to see other people who are on the outside and to empathize with them and to have held um, that sense, you know, as you were saying that this resonated with you because you have felt like you were on the outside. And so when you see other people who are on the outside, there's a sense that you're able to empathize with their position because you at one point have felt that as well. And so it's easier for you to empathize and sympathize with them and care for them. And so an ability to just be um, a resource and, um, a be in service to others because you're able to see the ways that they're hurting or the ways that they're in need that maybe other people who haven't experienced that um, or haven't reflected on how they may have experienced that could. Yeah. Okay. I want you to actually tell a story about this because again, you on an outsider in many situations chose to enter into a situation as the outsider where you tell me a story of how you help provide sight and insight for those on the inside that they otherwise didn't see and it ended up being a blessing? I think one of the ways, and this is in one of the chapters, um, I, in that first paragraph of the book, there are many sort of biographical features. I think it's Marlene who's in her 40s and never married. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of me. I'm turning 40 this year, but I'm also unmarried and um, people have asked me, you know, how do you, how do you think about your singleness? And I think I have been single for so long um, that I'm in a good place with it. And I would be okay if the Lord um, had singleness for me for the rest of my life, if it meant that I had access to other people who are single who needed to be encouraged. Um, and so while I'm able to encourage other single people um, in their singleness during this time, um, I'm also able to encourage married people to help them understand the ways that single people um, are marginalized in the church and ways that single people um bring something to the church outside of just being able to pitch in for people um, and be bodies that um, can serve. And so I think one way um, that my outsiderness has been a benefit to people on the inside has been able, has been able, has been around singleness um, and showing people who are married um, the benefit that single people bring to the church um, in addition to being um, an encouragement um, and someone who uh, can walk alongside other people who are single. I think that would be one example that yeah. helps first. Uh, so you're, you're basically acting like a uh, translator to yeah. the inside group. You're, you're, <laughs> you're trying to be that uh, ambassador or the translator, somebody who can help them see. Now, in this, you're being such a blessing. It, what was the struggle for you to become that translator and that lesser in that? Because re- I'm sure at many times you just felt like, I just don't fit in. And you're just kind of almost in a point of despair, and yet you're choosing not to despair. Yeah, I think that it is a muscle, and it is something that is built over time, and that it is something that's built, that doesn't just happen um, in, you know, like muscles, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they that take work and active, you know, Um, progressive overload and all of those things in terms of um, continuing to challenge yourself. And to be honest, um, 
living abroad was probably the best training for me in terms of um, being comfortable with being on the outside and exploring the ways that that could be a gift and used to serve others. Um, just three straight years of, um, or five uh, of um, having to think about myself as an ambassador and having to think about and having to assess situations and see uh, where there's a need and where I can help and how I need to learn in the situation um, and understanding group dynamics and things like that. And so I think a lot of it came from, I think that was really good training ground for me. Okay. Um, but I don't think you have to live abroad to have that. I think you can also get that in the States. Like when I put myself in that position in that small group or right. the churches that I've chosen to attend and things like that, all of those, I would say, are cumulative in a sense that um, I am able to be more comfortable being an outsider in the next situation I'm in because I've been in several situations where I've been an outsider and it didn't kill me. It okay. made me stronger and made me better. So. Again, we're, yeah, we're talking again with Alicia Akins and Alicia, we have like about a minute here, but I, I want to get to this important point here about in the end, you're calling the church to be a church of the outsider. It's it's not always the outsider's responsibility to stretch and get in there. It's mm-hmm. it, I mean, at times like you're yeah. overseas, you had to learn a language so you could communicate. Or you, you hear about Paul talking about, you know, I become all things to all people so mm. I can better communicate the gospel. But the reality is the church, we're the sent ones. Help help us who are inside to see the outsider and reach out to them in, in like 60 seconds. The outsider is all throughout scripture and you see them as the people that jesus is reaching out to that god is reaching out to um people that are close to his heart i think reading the bible thinking about the dynamics of who's on the inside and who's on the outside and who's doing the reaching out um is one way to think about it and also we are the outsiders already we are for the most part Um, We are the Gentiles. We have been reached out to and we currently reap the benefits of um, having been brought in, um, but that is not our original identity. And so I think being cognizant of the fact that all of us um, as uh, heirs of Christ and um, as his people are getting to live this outside experience um, and thinking about that on a more regular basis and then taking baby steps in terms of how can I make myself a little bit less comfortable so someone else can be a little more comfortable. It doesn't have to be moving abroad immediately, but like what are little ways that you can um, make changes um, and look out for other people's comfort, I think would be some ways that would help move the church in that direction. Hey, Alicia, thank you for sharing your experience, letting God work through your experience to um, reach out to others. I hope people catch your vision. really do. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Alicia Akins, again, you can connect with her at feetcrymercy.com. This is Faith Radio. Okay, I should have mentioned about Alicia's book, The Gift of the Outsider. That actually doesn't come out for a couple of weeks, but, oh, I love her vision. I love it. Hey, just a quick warning from the CDC. Do not cuddle your turtles. Don't No, there's a salmonella outbreak in 11 states because of people playing with small turtles. or They have them as pets. Yeah, don't cuddle turtles. Kittens, yes. Dogs, yes. Turtles, no, no. 
Well, again, thank you for listening to Mornings with Carmen. Carmen back on Monday. And again, as always, if you missed any part or want to share, you can share our podcast too. Always a great thing to do, which is, is easy to do at myfaithradio.com. Go to the Mornings with Carmen show page and there's a share button so you can share the conversation with somebody you think needs to hear it. Well, have a great week. Blessings and we'll see you on Monday here on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.